And I have just a, a few minutes here this morning to share just a thought with you. Just a thought. In 1887, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Robert Gascoigne Cecil, 3rd Marquis of Salisbury, or simply Bob. We have a picture of him. If we could throw that title slide up there. There he is uh, joining us posthumously via photograph. Bob appointed his nephew, Arthur Balfour, as Chief Secretary for Ireland. At the time, this act of nepotism was apparently both surprising and quite unpopular in the United Kingdom. Because, you see, whatever other qualifications nephew Balfour might have had, the one chief, key, conclusive qualification was that his uncle Bob was the prime minister. And today, over 130 years later, the phrase, Bob's your uncle, is commonly used still in the United Kingdom and some Commonwealth countries, not particularly Canada. I think I first heard this turn of phrase in the Disney version of 101 Dalmatians when those, the two baddies there, Horace and Jasper, used the phrase, Bob's your uncle. And so while it's, it's commonly used in the U.K., we don't hear it a lot here in America, but the phrase means, and there it is, and there you have it. Typically, someone says it to conclude a set of simple instructions or when a result is reached. And so the meaning is similar to that of the French expression, voila, there it is, or fait accompli, it's already done, right? In America, we might say something like, easy as pie, or piece of cake. And it's interesting that in America, we have food references. <laughs> and I share that before we have a potluck this afternoon, so go figure. But this, this view, Bob's your uncle, there it is, it's done, is one that if we're not careful, we can apply to God. Because when we appropriate scriptures outside of their context, perhaps we are led to this conclusion. I don't have time to get into the incomplete chapter in Matthew chapter 18, but in a chapter that is quite clearly all about forgiveness and restoration and reconciliation. Too many times we hear a single scripture pulled out of this chapter in, in a vacuum in Matthew 18 and 19. It says, I also tell you this, that if two of you agree on, here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> it's about forgiveness and restoration. God's not giving you carte blanche, a blank check here. Or we hear from perhaps even a better-known passage in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. And we pull out our list of all the things that God's going to give us if I seek first the kingdom. I only have five minutes here, so I'm going to move rather quickly through this passage here in Matthew 6.24 to place this scripture in context. Matthew, beginning to read at verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Jesus is making a point here. Don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So Jesus cites your food and drink and your clothing. And then he continues, so don't worry about these things. Your food and your clothing. Jesus doesn't even cite shelter. Don't worry about these things, what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need, everything you need. Even shelter doesn't make the list of needs That's a little sobering, isn't it? Jesus continues here in this passage. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. And let me conclude with a passage, Jesus' words also in Luke chapter 11. He says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Bob may not be your uncle to give you what you want, but Jesus is your Father to give you what you need, what you need. And that's just a thought this morning. God bless you.